Hello, I'm Regina Zona, and this is True Confessions of a Still Fabulous Diva. This is my true confession. I am an excellent teacher, and everyone should know. So if you've been listening to this podcast, you certainly know that I have several insecurities. <laughs> so here I am admitting that I am an extremely flawed human being. <laughs> but the one thing that I am not at all insecure about is my teaching ability. I am an excellent teacher. I fell very unexpectedly into teaching. The summer after I graduated from high school, I decided that I needed a little extra money uh, just before I went to college. So because of lack of better options, I started working at, wait for it, Burger King. Mm-hmm. Yes, I worked at Burger King. For those of you who don't know, when you... When everyone starts at Burger King, you start on the broiler. So that means for four to six hours a day, I would remove frozen hamburger patties from a box and throw them into a broiler that would automatically spit them out when they were sufficiently unfrozen. I would then transfer them to a bun and pass them on to the next person. There was two weeks of this two weeks of throwing frozen burgers into a boiler. Mm -hmm. And then a miracle happened. I was promoted to specialty sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Every day at Burger King, a little bit of my soul died. <laughs> and after about three weeks, I couldn't take it anymore. And truth be told, I was completely embarrassed that I worked there. So after three weeks, three very long weeks, I quit Burger King, thus ending my fast food career. I talked to my high school choral director about my need to get a job, and she came up with the craziest idea. She suggested that I teach voice lessons. Up to this point, I had been taking voice lessons myself for about two years. I was a natural singer, and I had a mature voice that was mature beyond my years. But did I actually know anything about teaching, teaching someone else to sing? Uh, no. No, I did not. <laughs> but... The idea of teaching 30-minute 30 30 minute lessons and getting paid four times the amount per hour that I was making at Burger King, that definitely seemed attractive. A lot less work, and I wouldn't smell like grease at the end of the day. So my choral director called up the parents of some of her talented students who she thought might be interested and benefit from voice lessons. And within a week, I had about five students. And the weirdest thing was that these students were all kids that I sang with in the concert chorale in high school. So they were like a year or two younger than me, and their parents were just giving me money to teach their kids how to sing. Okay. 
So, of course, I had absolutely no idea what the hell I was doing. I had never taught before. I only knew a handful of pieces. And because I was such a natural singer, I hadn't actually really been taught to sing. Sure, I mean, my my voice teachers, you know, would talk to me occasionally about the basics of how to sing, but mostly they were just encouraging me to sing songs and arias and helping, helping me with languages and such. But there wasn't really any substantial technical advice. So other than the fact that I knew how to play the piano and I could sight read, that was really the extent of my skill set. But every week for about eight weeks before I went to college, these high school kids would come to, to me and I pretended to be a teacher. <laughs> and the summer after my freshman year in college, I had another group of students. My studio had grown to about 10. And then after my sophomore year, my summer studio grew to about 15. And then I graduated from college and came back home, and I had a studio that fluctuated between 20 and 25 students, which eventually grew to a pretty steady 30 students. Even when I was in college, my first work-study job was to accompany voice lessons of some of the voice teachers. And then eventually, by the time I was a junior, instead of actually having me attend the voice lessons, the voice teachers would send their students to me each week where I would coach them on their repertoire in a one-on-one -on -one situation. So certainly it goes without saying that the more I taught, the better I got at it. But I still, up to that point, had never had a pedagogy class that taught me how to teach. And because I was such a natural singer, even in college, my teachers were more coaches than voice teachers to me. But what I did possess was I had a great ear. I could hear the vo in the voices of my students, even as a young teacher, I could hear what they needed. I could hear when the voice wasn't placed properly or when there was a lack of support or when there was tension somewhere. So what I had to do was I had to figure out what I did myself to avoid those issues when I was singing, and then figure out a way to communicate that to my students. They say that the best way to learn is to teach, and I am the living proof of that. I learned more about my singing by teaching young singers than I ever did for my first voice teachers. And soon after I left college, I became the most in-demand voice teacher in my area. I had a thriving studio. I was called to do master classes and workshops on, uh, on singing in local schools and universities. I taught at a community music school. I was even recruited to apply for a teaching position at one of the local universities, even though I only had a bachelor's degree and a performance certificate. 
I maintained a thriving private studio in Buffalo, New York for over 12 years, and then I moved to Connecticut and was an adjunct professor at a university. Eventually, I made the decision to go back to school and get my doctorate, and before I was finished with my degree, I got my first tenure-track position at a university. I was there for two years, and then I was hired to run an opera program at a different university where I stayed for four years. I was working my way up in academia, but ultimately decided to leave academia and move back to New York to pursue my singing, uh, my singing again and teach privately. And now I am a better teacher than I ever have been. I mean, hello, I would hope so. <laughs> I mean, next month, I will have been teaching voice for 30 years. Yes, 30 years. Do the math. <laughs> I better know what I'm doing by now, don't you think? I'm also a better singer than I ever was before. And that certainly informs my teaching. And when I am taking my lessons myself, as a singer, I become an even better teacher. So what makes me a good teacher? Why do I have the audacity to actually say that I'm an excellent teacher on this podcast episode? Well, as I mentioned before, I have a really great ear and I can easily diagnose what my students need. I am also an excellent communicator and I can come up with several different ways to explain concepts so that if students don't understand what I want from them the first time that I say it, I can find different ways to say it until they glom onto something and understand what I'm saying. I understand the voice and how it works under the pressure of singing as a performer because of my performing career. I create a warm and safe environment for my students to grow in where they can feel free to be as vulnerable as they need to be without harshness and judgment. I've also got a fun personality, if I do say so myself, most of the time. <laughs> that allows my students to have fun in the process of learning. And so where did I gain these attributes and skills? This is the question. Well, I have to say that a lot of it came naturally. And much of it came through the experience of just doing it. Just teaching and seeing what works and what doesn't work. But the role of teacher was a role I slipped into very naturally without much thought or preparation. And even when I wasn't good, like those first several years when I was teaching singers who I went to school with, I still had something to say that made a difference. The thing is that I didn't choose teaching. Teaching chose me. I chose opera, but opera lasted for a moment, and teaching will most likely last for a lifetime.
So I guess it's a good thing that I'm good at it, right? Maybe some of you are listening to this and saying to yourself, geez, brag much? <laughs> and certainly, you have the right to think of that. But I am telling you, I know my worth. I know my talent. And I know that I am an excellent teacher. Do I know everything that there is to know about teaching and the voice and the art of singing? Absolutely not. But... The other thing that I know about me is that I am a lifelong learner, and I am always looking for ways and opportunities to expand my knowledge. Am I the best teacher for everyone? No. I have had a handful of students leave me over the years for another teacher because I could not help them with specific issues or they needed a different experience. So here's what pisses me off. Anybody, I mean anybody, can hang a sign outside their door that says, voice lessons taught here. And there are people that have absolutely no business taking people's money to help them learn, help people learn how to sing. And some of those people do irreparable harm to their students. There is no governing body that deems a teacher fit to teach. Some people think that it's an easy way to get paid for little time. I was browsing a teacher's forum on Facebook a few years ago, and a member posted the following message. I just graduated with my bachelor's degree in musical theater last spring, and I have a nice piano in my living room, so I'm ready to teach. Now I just need students. Can any of you tell me how I can get some students? <sighs> I nearly screamed at my computer. What made this girl think? that all she needed was a piano in her living room and a BFA in musical theater, which is not a teaching degree. What did she think that that's all she needed to just start shaping the voices of vulnerable singers? Now, wait, 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 wait. Before you call me out on my own hypocrisy, yes, I started teaching with no experience immediately after high school, when I also probably had absolutely no business teaching. But I had innate talent for the profession, which, of course, I didn't realize until I started doing it. And maybe, maybe this girl also has innate talent. Maybe she will become the next teacher to the Broadway stars. But this is not an isolated case. There are hundreds of people who just decide to teach, who have absolutely no business doing so. They don't have the skill set. They don't have the knowledge. They don't have the personality nor the experience. And they are out there recruiting students who blindly trust them. And if I'm being honest, really honest, what I resent is the fact that I am an 
excellent teacher with 30 years experience. And I have to compete with these neophytes to get students. My talent as a teacher deserves to be known. I should be in more demand from young artists and established artists alike who are ready for and are having great careers on the stage. I belong in a distinguished conservatory teaching the stars of tomorrow. I told you I'd get real in these podcasts. <laughs> so I'm just letting it all hang out there. Shocked yet? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I have some wonderful students right now. Some have the talent to actually have a career. And actually, my studio is pretty full. So full that I have been able to pick and choose who I want to teach. But I do also teach several younger students, and if I had my choice, I would like to teach only young artists and professionals exclusively. But those people have to find you, so I need to be found. Maybe my current students are sabotaging me. <laughs> I'm just joking, but I do have this funny story. I have this young girl who is actually enormously talented and is Broadway bound. She has already been in several off-Broadway shows, and she gets calls all the time to audition for national tours like Fun Home and School of Rock and, and Annie and the like. Anyway, her chorus teacher told me once that she overheard my student talking to one of her friends, another talented kid, uh, who was needing a voice teacher, and she had asked my student about me. And so my student said to her, well, my teacher is too full, and she's not taking any more students. <laughs> this was last year, and actually my studio wasn't really full, and my student never told me about this, but her chorus teacher said that basically my student was saying to this other girl that she didn't want any other girls going to me because she didn't want them to get better than she is. Bless her heart. <laughs> but I really, I really don't need that kind of management. Thanks. This is what I know for sure. You must know your worth. And you should never, ever stop working toward getting what you deserve. At this point, it may be hard for you to believe, but I actually don't go around exclaiming my superior teaching ability to the world. I hardly ever tell anybody that I am actually an excellent teacher, and I certainly never tell anybody that I deserve to be known. People who feel the need to shout from the rooftops how excellent they are, 
usually are the people who don't actually have the skills and talent to back it up. They are the people that have to talk a big game to cover up the insecurities that they have about their own situation or abilities, to give the illusion that they are actually more successful than they actually are. When I am confronted with these types of people, I usually don't engage. And I certainly don't try to one-up them to show them that I am better than they are. I let them talk and then try as hard as I can to change the subject. The fact of the matter is that I am secure in the fact that I am a good teacher and I don't need to tell anyone. My work speaks for itself in my students. And now you may be thinking, so why the hell did you just spend 10 minutes self-aggrandizing? That's a very good question. I did it to make a point. As I said earlier, if you have been listening to these podcasts, you know that I have a lot of insecurities about my ability to follow through with projects, about my weight, about my singing, about my age. But the one thing I am not insecure about is my teaching ability. And the lesson here is that it is vitally important to recognize your strengths, nurture them, and use them to achieve your goals. The question is, what has my awareness of my self-worth done for me? Well, it has inspired me to strive to be a better teacher. I went back to school to get my doctorate so that I could teach at the highest academic level. I continue to take voice lessons and attend professional development workshops for voice teachers to get new ideas on how to be better for my students. It has improved my financial situation because I charge for my lessons what I am worth and I don't apologize for it. I have also changed my payment policies so that I get paid by semester rather than week by week, and I don't apologize for it. I now have financial security for the first time in my 30-year private teaching career because I demand to be paid what I'm worth. It has given me the con confidence and power to be selective in who I accept into my studio and not settle for accepting anyone into my studio just for the money. It has afforded me the opportunity to give back to the artistic community by supporting arts organizations in meaningful ways, like I was just elected the president of the board of directors of an opera company here in New York City because they recognize that I have something to offer them in experience, knowledge, and authority in the art form. It also gives me the confidence and the comfort in knowing that what I am doing is making a difference. Being honest with yourself is of the utmost importance. 
I am just as honest about my insecurities as I am about my strengths. And even though I still think that I deserve more recognition for my strengths, that doesn't mean it will never happen. It means that I have to keep working, keep growing, and keep putting myself out there. It means that I can never settle for less than I deserve. It means that I need to continue to share my talents and knowledge with those who want it. And finally, it means that I don't apologize for knowing my worth because my worth is one of the greatest contributions that I can give to the world. So here's my inspiration for the week. I got inspired by several quotes by Australian golf champion and entrepreneur Greg Norman. I found one great quote from him, but then found a page with several of his quotes, and they were all great and applicable. So here are some of my favorites. Know your strengths and take advantage of them. If you are serious about improving your play, be brutally honest with yourself. You only get out of what you put into it. If you are a sheep in this world, you're not going to get much out of it. I am a winner. I just didn't win today. That is a man who knows his self-worth. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really grateful for you sharing this journey with me. So join me next week where my next confession is, I have been complicit. And remember, the only response to the question, how are you, is fabulous. Fabulous.